Hey, nonprofit founders and leaders, change makers and dreamers. Are you searching for new ways to be heard amidst the overwhelming noise and confusion of these uncertain times? Giving Heartbeat is the place to make connections and ignite sparks of compassion into forces for good and together turn unsung heroes into everyday superheroes. Conversations with dynamic nonprofit champions from across the planet reveal how they turned passion into action and obstacles into achievements. I'm your host, Donna Valente. Welcome. Over the past three decades, I've met hundreds of incredible nonprofit changemakers from around the world. It's my passion and mission to promote them. This is Giving Heartbeat. Welcome. Hello, I'd like to welcome to the Giving Heartbeat studio today, Kimberly Eigel. And Kimberly is a administrator at the Church of Hemlock Farms and also runs an incredible food bank, a food pantry for the community. And that's why I wanted to speak with her today. So welcome, Kim. How are you? Thank you very much. Wonderful. Can you please tell us uh, how you got started on this, this mission? Well, a couple of years ago in the church, somebody had brought it to our attention that this was, there was a big need in the area that um, people needed all this food that we weren't really aware of, especially around here. People thought um, that, it, that, that people were wealthier. Mm-hmm. So somebody brought it to our attention and, and we were able to find out about um, Second Harvest which is a nonprofit organization. We went for training and we signed up with them. Basically, they teach you all the ins and outs of how, to, how this goes about. And they, they are nonprofits, so they get donations from all different corporations and, and businesses and things like that, as well as from the state. So Second Harvest um, brings us food. So depending on how many families you have and, and how big the need is, they try to figure out how much they think sh- they should bring you. Mm-hmm. So we get a truckload and we do our pantry once a month. Um, it's usually the third Monday of each month from 4 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. We get a truckload of 5,000 pounds of food. Wow. And I also um, take about two trips a month to the Lehigh Valley area, which is a little over an hour away, and bring back more in, in our own trucks so that we can have plenty for the families. Second Harvest is amazing. They, they have all sorts of food, so we're able to the, – the goal is to feed families for three to five days – we're lucky enough that we're able to stretch it a little. And um, with the help of Weiss supermarkets loaning us their, their shopping carts, we fill up the shopping carts and families go home with the whole shopping cart worth of food. Wow. Wow. So have, have you seen a, a increase in the need throughout COVID? And, and how has that affected what you do? Absolutely. Um, Families, you know, we were averaging probably about 80 families a month. The, it increased to about 140 families when COVID first began and everybody was losing their jobs. And so we were able to take care of that amount of people. And most, for the most part, a lot of them are still coming. Mm-hmm. Even though they got their jobs back and everything else, they're still struggling to put the pieces back together. Wow. So, so how does a family that that has food insecurity go about accessing your services and what kind of food can they get? So they can contact us at the church. Um, we're the church at Hemlock Farms in Lords Valley. Uh, I don't know if I should give you, should I do the phone number? Sure, and I'll put that in, the, in our notes too. Okay, um, it's 570-775-6787. They can show up on pantry day and just get on the line basically with 
COVID, we have a drive-through version. So the cars line up outside along the along the road, and we um, get their information, their basic information. It's basically name, address, how many are in your family. Income is honestly not even the biggest question. Um, we do ask, but we just basically say, do you make more or less than this for four people in your family? Mm-hmm. But we don't pry because the outlook is if they're asking, there's a need. Mm-hmm. And God is watching. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, you're doing it to help these families if they're asking you for it then they probably need it in some way. And we've discovered that the other thing is they'll start lining up hours before. Wow. And the first time that they did that, I, I actually went to some of them because you get to know these families. Mm-hmm. And I went to some of them and I'm like, you know, we don't open for a couple of hours, right? They said to me, yeah, but this is getting us out of the house. This is getting us... To, to talk to other people who are going through what we're going through. So, so we're not only bringing people food, but we're bringing them a community feeling, a sense of community where they can feel safe and, and like they're not the only ones. Right. Do you run into families that are experiencing homelessness as well as at this time? We do. In fact, um, I have a story recently, there was a family, the mother and the daughters were separated um, due to homelessness, along with um, working with children and youth and with the church, because we live in a community where people are always coming and, you know, people move and, and things like that, they donate a lot of furniture as well. So we were able to furnish the whole place for them, give them everything like pots, pans, dishes for their kitchen, plus give them food, clothing we gave for the girls. And by doing so, it put the family back together because there's certain things that are required in order for them to, they they don't just, they can't just have four walls. They, They need more than just, an apartment. They need to have beds. They need to have tables. They need to have dishes. So the fact that we were able to provide that for them as well, and now the family is back together with the help of children and youth. And uh, do you work with the school systems at all? I know, I think your husband had mentioned something about um, a statistic in Lake Wall and Paul Pack where a, a very high percentage of of uh, the students were homeless and or um, home uh, insecure, yeah. you know, living at at um, relatives' houses and just it's it's everywhere. It's not in the city. This is a rural, beautiful yeah. community that many of them are living in hotels as well because it's cheaper than rent. Right. Um, so yeah, it's going on in the school district. Um, I want to say a little over a year ago an article came out in the district saying that we had 56% poverty rate in this area, in this school district. 26 or so known families that were considered homeless. Now that's just the ones that we knew about. There are some that don't tell because they're, because they're afraid that their children will be taken away. And, but they're doing, these families are doing all that they can do. Mm-hmm. But yes, those numbers have come out. Um, I don't know if they've increased at all in the last year or so. I do know that uh, we've also helped families in a situation where there was a fire, they lost everything. Mm-hmm. You know, so you were able, again, to give them food, give them furnishings, give them the things that they need to get started that they lost everything. And are you involved also in that, the mission of providing clothing for for homeless individuals i I understand there's a bridge and then there there's a lot of people that are having to live there and that there's some kind of clothing mission to provide clothing for families or is that not your that's not really where we're at um the church itself does collect clothing and we do give it to the families that come for the food pantries 
We, um, we work with another church out in Matamoros. They also will take the clothing and give it to different families. So they probably reach more from that because they're further out. Mm-hmm. But we, um, we primarily try to take care of the ones we know about in this general area. I'll, when we have a pantry day, especially when it's beautiful out, we will set up multiple tables outside and have them ask them to go through the stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's everything from household items to blankets, especially this time of year, blankets, coats, hats and gloves, um, clothing, and they can go through it and take whatever is needed. No, no questions asked. They just come and they take what they feel that they need. So we put out multiple tables for them mm-hmm. in that way. That's wonderful. I'm sure that's appreciated. So are you looking for any items uh, from the general public that can help out with the pantry needs? So we, we cover that in two ways. The first is financial donations definitely help because then that broadens our spectrum of what we can do for families. We've reached out to families and, and bought tires for their cars. We've reached out to families and paid some bills. Uh, we're doing, we're, we're, our food pantry has now broadened and we've, we've started realizing families need a lot more than food. Mm-hmm. So the financial donations definitely help. The other thing is um, like right now we have our pantry coming up on the 16th. This whole next week, we're still collecting for Thanksgiving because we're hoping to have enough food for a hundred families and be able to give them all the things that they need for Thanksgiving dinner. Nice. So we have a list um, that we put on our website and some of the local websites. It's in our local paper so that people have an idea of what the families could use. And if we can get, you know, that many, and then we work with the stores about getting turkeys for them. And so hopefully they'll have, you know, fingers crossed, they'll have everything they need come Monday. Wow, that sounds like a tremendous amount of work. Do you have a team that that works with you? And like, how do you manage all of that? Absolutely. You know, the, the, the biggest thing is we've got such an amazing group of volunteers um, from, every, from every facet. So you've got the volunteers that come in here and put um, work in physically. We, when our truck comes in, it has to be unloaded. That's 5,000 pounds of food off the pallets. The tables have to be set up. So the, the um, carts have to be filled and we, have to, we do that. We call them runners. The runners grab, grab the food from the table. I usually set out um, a chart for everybody that tells them how many of each item for each family. So we average about 30 volunteers every month. Then during the month, we have the the quiet, silent volunteers that come in and they help help us with packing some of the boxes. They help us with the food pantry runs to Lehigh Valley. Um, So we... I, we would not be able to do this without all the volunteers. So, the volunteers are just amazing. I'm sure that it, that um, social distancing is is uh, paramount with everything. Do you think that it's actually forced you to become more, um, I guess, uh, just more, th- I, I don't know, I guess I'm like more thoughtful in how you're doing things. Like it's made you more efficient. That's the word I'm trying to kind of come up with more efficient. Uh, you really have to be because, you know, we have to wear masks. We have to um, try to stay safe from people. We take temperatures. We keep track of who's here so that we can be safe on our end. Um, Second Harvest has basically told us that the drive through version, the outdoor version of the pantry uh, will be at least till March March of 2021. Oh. So we have to follow their guidelines as well because we we work through them. Mm-hmm. So at least through March, mm-hmm. and who knows after that, we will be doing the drive-through where we go out. Normally the families come inside and they have a chance to kind of pick and choose what they want to take with them because they may not use every item. Right. When we do it this way they don't have that option Mm -hmm. so we just ask them you know what if you can't use it share it with somebody who can or bring it back to us because we have families that come during the week that couldn't make that 
that pantry day. So I, I probably averaged another three to five families during, during each week mm -hmm. after the actual pantry. So they're still coming, they're still getting things. Emergencies happened. Uh, we had a family recently who, who just uh, through family things just obtained more children. So they needed more food. So we were able to help them, you know, continue to feed what was going on in their household. So we do a lot of fundraisers mm -hmm. to help keep the money, you know, going so that, cause we do have to pay second harvest. I don't know if I mentioned that. Second harvest is nonprofit. They give you some time to start fundraising and, and you know, getting money and donations and so forth. But after a certain time period, they do request that you pay five cents a pound works out to approximately $500 a month that we end up having to pay as a bill. Right. Interesting. Yeah. But it's so worth it. Yeah. When you see the, the people's faces, when you know, when you see the children and they, and they're, you know, they say, thank you, Miss Kim. Mm -hmm. You know that people are, there are people who have walked in and you can see that they don't know if they should be here. And I always make sure that I greet them. I always talk to all the all of the people who come through. I go to every one of their cars and make sure I say hello to them. I, I have a conversation. The ones that are regulars, we have, you know, good camaraderie anyway. It's nice. The ones that are new, I introduce myself and let them know how it kind of works so that they have an idea. You know, I just want them to feel comfortable. I don't think anybody should ever feel ashamed. Right. because I think most people have been through some sort of a struggle. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest drive. I've been there. Mm -hmm. Others have been there. Right. You know, and if you can help them in just a small way and you can just feed them for a few days, give them some clothes, mm -hmm. put, give them a dresser because they don't have a dresser. Like if you can do such small things like that, you're making a difference in the world. Absolutely. Well, you certainly are. And, and that's why I wanted to talk to you because it's a huge, huge undertaking. And I really applaud you because, you know, yeah. you're, you're working through the church and, you know, you're doing this because you want to do it. And I think it's incredible. And I'm hoping that people will maybe hear this and want to perhaps contact Second Harvest. Is this a national organization or is it just in PA? Well, Se Second Harvest um, does, does have um, different branches throughout the United States. Mm -hmm. um, you'll probably see their logo. Uh, what is it? Food, Food for America, I think it's, it is. It's orange and green. And so you'll see their logo around. This happens to be based out of Lehigh Valley, this particular one, and they, they cover the whole general area of Pennsylvania, um, this whole Northeast. They, um, it, they have such a wonderful program. The people there that you work with are also amazing. And then I come here and you have so much support. I think one of the things that, that I enjoy the most is that it's bringing different, because we are a church, it's bringing the different religions together too. Like it's bringing the groups of people together as people. So the rabbi is doing a concert for us to raise money for the food pantry. He's going, he sings and he plays guitar and he's hysterical to listen to. He jokes around. He's going to do a concert for us on November 22nd at 2 PM at the church. And he's going to uh, use that money so that we can continue to raise money for the food pantry. Nice. It's just nice that we're all working together. The community has been jumping in like crazy, even more so since COVID, but, but always. The country club is collecting food for us right now. That's awesome. You know, along with our, you know, own collection, they're also doing a collection with inside the country club. So it's just amazing how many people are chipping in and, and helping out. You know, you get, you get donations from people you've never heard of, you never saw before, you don't know where they're coming from. I had some surprise shipments come in. I have no idea who sent them. Wow. Just, but they knew that we needed things like shampoo and conditioner, um, toothpaste, shaving cream, things like that. People 
especially if they're if they're getting state services, one of the things the state doesn't provide is health and beauty aids. Mm-hmm. But they need the health and beauty aids. Right. So we do, we collect that pretty often so that we can get enough to hand them out for the families as well. So, you know, everybody needs to wash up and everybody needs to, you know, stay clean. And, and those are the simple things that you don't think of. Mm. So somebody just sent us um, some surprise shipments recently. That's great. So how do you get the word out? I mean, other than this podcast, which <laughs> hopefully I'll get calls and people will want to know, like, how can I do what you're doing? That's so cool. Oh, and one thing I wanted you to talk a little bit about is, uh, can you tell our listeners, like, what your area of the country is like? You know, I mean, like, are you in the city? No, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were, we're in the country. We're, we're in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Um, we're in the mountains. Pocono Mountains, and it's probably about to get to a good good store. Forty five minute ride, pretty much everywhere you go. Twenty minutes sometimes for certain things for doctors, things like that. But not too many things are local. There's a few local stores that you can, you know, get get right outside the community. But most of the stuff you're you're talking bear, deer, mm-hmm. total country, right. So people have to come quite a ways sometimes to get on to come to the food pantry. Yeah, you know the because we're, the second harvest is trying to get more locations spread out, just especially in our area because there's not a lot on a lot on this side of the northeast. So they're trying to spread and and put more pantries out there. That it, it's just amazing. I, I can't even tell you how amazing this whole program is so how long have you been doing it um we're on we just hit our two-year mark Mm -hmm. um somebody brought it to our attention a little before that we had kind of dabbled in it and it didn't it was you know a lot of glitches in the beginning i fell in love with the program and they saw that and they said well would you mind doing the training and learning about this and doing and just kind of snowballed from there. That's great. Became became the director, um, run the program. Then I got, I actually received the job of office manager in the church shortly after that as well, which gives me an extra outlet to be able to reach all these, these families. And um, you had asked before about how we reach people. We, we, we do a lot of stuff on Facebook mm-hmm. because Facebook is, a, is where a lot of people are. So we reach um, things in our counties. We, we make sure things are posted in the ca- different county sites, in the community sites, community newspaper, the church site, you know, a lot of Facebook groups and things like that. Um, hopefully at some point, you know, we'll be able to put it in, we'll put it, start putting it in the newspaper, getting it out there a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, cause we have the ability, cause we do have the storage. That's another thing. We store everything. We have freezers, we have refrigerators, we have a storeroom. So we're able to keep stuff. So all the families that need to come, whether it's an emergency or whether they're coming, uh, uh, what do you call it? I just lost my train of thought. But if it's an emergency or if they're coming when it's not a pantry day, then we always have plenty to give them. We never have to say no, which is wonderful. Nice. You know, and they do go home with meats. Mm-hmm. We, we try to make it um, well-rounded, mm-hmm. make sure they have something for breakfast, make sure they have something for um, dinners and, and mealtimes, snacks for the kids, even things that cost families so much money and, if we can save them a few dollars by giving them these things, if we didn't give them something else that they need, now they have a few extra bucks they can go buy that package of meat that maybe we couldn't give them. So because now we just saved them money by giving them all the cereals and snacks and right. But they get lots of healthy food too. So we have we so we do have fresh vegetables, potatoes. Onions, carrots, they, they get apples, 
so they do get fresh vegetables as well and sometimes uh, milk, eggs, butter. They get a lot of those different things. Do you have any guests that um, are house or are, I don't want to say housebound because that has such a negative connotation, but I mean, that is the, the situation for, for a lot of people, especially during COVID when they're vulnerable and can't and won't go out or can't go out. Do you have a way to get food to them? Or is that on your wish list? Or? That's kind of, that's, that's head, heading into that direction. It is on my wish list. We, we are aware of some families that have homebound people. So they, sometimes they have friends or, or neighbors or something that are willing to pick it up and bring it to them. But we, are, we did actually just recently put out, um, if you know of anybody, let us know. Because we want to work out something. We have a lot of volunteers asking, do you need me to drop something off? Do you need me? I'm around. I, have think, I, can, I can do this. Mm-hmm. So I think that's heading in that direction a little bit too to help them a lot more. That's, that's the hard part is you don't know who they are. Mm. So you're trying to figure out, you know, by word of mouth, who really needs you to come there because they can't get out of the house mm. and they don't have the money. We ha- because there are veterans, there are seniors that just don't have the physical, they can't drive anymore, they can't. So if we can get it to them, that's definitely a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I just, yeah. Just, like recently, yeah. Out of that, you have to be careful, for sure. Yeah. Especially if you're going to people's homes. Yeah, and you know what? You ha- we have to be safe, and this is our volunteers, and we don't. And they're everybody's doing this because they want to do this and they want to help. Um, nobody's getting paid for this. This is just something that we're doing because we realized what the need was. Mm-hmm. So I believe that, you know, especially with the women who want to help. I try to make sure they have a man with them to, to drop things off. Yeah. I don't ever want them going alone. And, you know, it's for safety reasons. Sure. Make sure that, that everything's kosher. Mm. Well, that sounds very well thought out. I'm just imagining the, the area is, is um, very wooded and um, hilly and, and that if you're stuck in your house, that would, it would be tough. So, um, but I also know the, the volunteers and that, that, um, team is really amazing yeah they love to do it and and they ask all the time for more like give me more like we went they have and the thing is we also have such a great group of people we have fun with it mm-hmm. we we make it a fun project it's 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 hard it's a very emotional job mm-hmm. you you see what families are going through especially me in particular because i work one-on-one with these families mm-hmm. I get to know them. I get to know their children. I get to know why they're in this situation, mm-hmm. you know, and that's stuff that is just between me and them. I cannot, I cannot divulge that information. Mm-hmm. So it's a very emotional process. I do have the pastor. So that's somebody I can always speak to. The pastor is also wonderful. So I can talk to him when it gets to be overwhelming or when I have a, a situation that I have to think twice about and figure out a way around mm-hmm. but the support with the from the members of the church is phenomenal so do you have to raise that $500 each month in order to continue and, and is that difficult like how do you manage that we do have to raise it so we continue doing fundraisers and mm-hmm. this year was a little more difficult because of covid COVID stopped a bunch of our fundraisers. We we were not able to do it, but people realized um, the need and they just started giving anyway, mm-hmm. which the people that could. So we started getting, you know, money in left and right, which was wonderful. So we're able to support the program for quite a while right now, but we're going to continue with our fundraisers so that we don't have to, um, ever fall behind because this is something we want to continue for as long as we can continue. Sure. Maybe you can start some kind of a monthly giving specifically for the, the food bank with a bunch of donors. and. Yeah, that would be wonderful. I mean, we did um, last month in October, we did a harvest festival. We had a bunch of vendors. We had food. We had funnel cake and cotton candy, the whole nine. And... Um, we probably had about five or 600 people there. So it was amazing. It's awesome. So 
that program by by doing that and raising the money doing that that all now goes into the food pantry and now we've got that much more to work with as we go and there's grants out there where we work on grants we work on we try to get in fact one of the grants we're hoping to get in the near future is for a truck right now we um we not only pick up a lot of furniture and store it in the church garage but we do a lot of food pantry runs with our own vehicles Mm. we could get more if we had a a truck Mm -hmm. then we could a lot easier pick up the furniture and the food for the food pantry run. Plus that would get us more. We'd be able to get more on the run. And cause right now we're filling up a suburban. Whereas if we um, had a, had a box truck of some sort, then we'd be able to fill a box truck. Cause second harvest will give us as much as we need. Nice. Maybe there's a, a dealer out there that might want to make some kind of in-kind donation. Well, that would be wonderful. <laughs> that would be wonderful and save us on, on the wear and tear of our own vehicles that yeah. we're doing right now. That would be cool. I mean, I'm sure there's companies out there maybe there maybe uh, would want to do some kind of sponsorship. On um, That would be nice, great signage on a truck. So if there's yeah. companies out there in uh, southeastern PA. That- uh, northeastern. Northeastern PA. Okay. Yeah. Geography straight. That was an <laughs> opportunity. Um, yeah, I think that would be awesome. And um, I'm just blown away by the community at that church and how uh, you just all work together so well to take care of each other. It's really quite beautiful. One of the things that, like, that I also try to do is do events that are just for the community that are not about making money that are not about getting fundraisers and 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 that there's a reason behind that that the you build you build relationships with people you build the community then everything else grows the church can expand and grow that way the food pantry and the and the fi- financial end of the food pantry can grow that way so right now you know we have a christmas tree lighting coming up in december on December 5th. So we're going to um, just light the tree. We're going to have hot chocolate. We're going to have cookies. And it's just inviting the community to come out and just spend time with us. Listen, listen to the music, have some hot chocolate. Um, we're going to light up the nativity and the, and the tree and just make it a fun day to get to know each other and to be able to do something with all of our families. And, and it shows them that we're one of them. We're, we're, just as human as they are the human connection is the biggest way in my eyes to grow everything that we need to grow to grow the pantry to grow the church Mm -hmm. so doing these community events and not asking for anything and just saying you know what come and just join us Mm -hmm. it's just a fun day it's just all about being together nice and that's really in my eyes one of the biggest focuses and that, and with that, everything else seems to come. Right, and I think it makes us all healthier too when we have those community bonds strengthened. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. I mean, we have so many. Um, you know, we have so many other things that we're doing all the time. We're always, you know, trying to, you know, get get a fundraiser prepared, get get something else prepared, and. This is one of those events where you don't have to think about it. It's so simple. It's really just, you know, let's see how pretty we can make it. And and that's always fun to do anyway. <laughs> and uh, and do it so that the people can be together. The, the rabbi said to me, you know, he's like, I might be the most Christian Jew. <laughs> he's like, I'll probably be at your Christmas tree lighting. You know, like it's, it's just a fun group of people. Everybody just has a blast. Nice. Nice. Well, that's why my mom wanted to move back here. So yeah. I'm so glad she did. So You know, and I have to say, that was an interesting story for me too. When we first moved here, I, ne- I hadn't met your mom. She left about the time that we came. She had moved away for a while. And all I kept hearing was how Carol was the pillar of the church and Carol 
um, did these amazing things, and she's the she was the go-to person for everybody in the church. And then one day, uh, I believe it was Pastor had turned around to me, and he says to me, "I think you're the new Carol Roberts." <laughs> and to me, that was like such an honor. Not even meeting her, just knowing prior to that how everybody felt about her how everybody just adores her and then to get the privilege for her to move back and and actually get to meet her in person and now i'm getting to know her you know my husband's working with her mm-hmm. so it's it's even better Aww. because i'm like now i understand why people thought so highly of her yeah she's pretty awesome that's for sure i want to inter- really i want to interview her too oh look at you This is me. I get mushy. Uh, So um, there's a lot of things that she's told me that have gone on with the church. But um, when I found out what you specifically were doing with this, uh, with the food um, pantry mission, on top of everything else you got going on in your life, I just think it was, I really wanted to talk to you more about it. And and so thank you. And thank you for saying that about my mom. Well, you know, everybody goes through struggles. And I think, I think that's what understanding that is such a big deal. Like I, I, I have an, we have an older child who happens to be autistic and he's in a group home and he was diagnosed with MS uh, about four years ago. Last year, he almost died. Um, and when that was happening, people were like, how come you're not mad at God? Like, how come you're not mad about this whole thing? Like, you've been through so much. Your son has been through so much. Your family has been through so much. And I was like, because in the midst of all this and watching my son being revived, I mean, it was not fun. In the midst of that, whether whether he made it or not, God was throwing blessings at me. People were bringing, bringing me food at the hospital in Long Island, where my son was. They were bringing me food there. And my other half of the family was here with my husband and they were feeding them. They were taking care of my children so my husband can go to work every day during that time. Because um, we couldn't afford not to be working, right. you know, even while my, hus- my son was in the hospital. So I think that I just look at it like there's always so many blessings, even with so much, so many challenges, mm-hmm. so much hardship, and we all go through it. And I want, and that's what, when I talk to these families, that's what I let them know that I'm just as human as them. I've been through these things. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I see what they're going through. I, I know what it's like to not have money. I know what it's like to feel like you have to ask people, and it's, it's a pride that you don't want to, and I don't ever want them to feel like they cannot come to us. Mm-hmm. I want them to always know the door is open. Give me a ring. We will work it out. And that was, I think that's just one of the biggest things. I said, faith is so important. It's what drives me to take care of these families. It's what, it's what drives me in everything that we do. Mm-hmm. And if without it, you know, I wouldn't have been able to get through these situations. But the people in this church, the people, you know, within the community, they're the ones who supported us when this was happening with our son. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who did these things so that we can get through that terrible time. So I, I can't, I can't be angry. I, I can't be angry. There's too many blessings and, and he's a very sick boy. So we know there's a strong possibility. He may not have a long life and yet I'm still not angry. I'm hurt and I'm sad and it stinks, but I'm not angry. You know, you, you have a child like that and they teach you, they teach you how to be patient and kind and to, to understand that people are different because he's so different. Mm-hmm. He's, he's different than ever, anybody you'll ever meet. So when you meet all these people and they, they have all these stories, you can relate. Yeah. It's just amazing. It's, and I'm so happy that this program was brought to the a church's attention. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy that we were able to learn about it and grow with the program. You know, they, they teach you some of the basics, 
of this is this is the guidelines because there's health um, food guidelines and, and things how to handle food um, gloves you know what when you have to wear gloves where the food has to be stored all that type of stuff and they teach you all that but then they kind of let you run the program the way that you feel works for your church or your it's not always a church in every case but our, our case is a church mm-hmm. so it's just a wonderful program and you know they then when we get the um abundance of donations then we in turn send a check to them to thank them for all that they they do and what, for bringing this to us mm-hmm. wow um, that sounds like a great program and it also legitimizes the effort wherever that pantry started i would assume because you have to get all that training and it's all sanctioned by them so you have standards that you got yeah. it that's awesome so yeah. can you tell our listeners where they might be able to send donations would it be the church at Hem- hemlock farms if they're interested in supporting this food yeah. pa- pantry mm-hmm. uh yeah so the church at hemlock farms the uh, mailing address for that would be 1493 Hemlock Farms. That's Lords Valley, Pennsylvania, 18428. Um, for the people who are listening who may need help from the food pantry, um, our physical address is 98 Willow Drive in Lords Valley, PA same zip code 18428 so um people if they're listening can also come if they need any food any help please give us a call on the number i I mentioned earlier mail something at the address Um, we do have a facebook page the facebook page um, we try to announce anything that's going on fundraisers for the pantry uh food pantry dates things like that and then we also um, have a church Facebook live that we do every Sunday for those that may just want to join the page to watch church in the morning, you know, just to, to see the service, just to get some encouragement. Nice. The, the, pa- the page itself, I also try to, to focus on all the positive. So there's always positive quotes and Bible verses and things that uplift people. And, it, and I love to hear when people say, you know what, I really needed that today. You know, because it starts out, I guess, somewhat selfish in a way, because you're doing it because it makes you feel good. It makes you feel good to read that quote. It meant something to you. But then you're posting it, and it's actually helping others. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're seeing these positive quotes, and they're seeing these sayings that you're putting up and you know once in a while i'll just make my own little comments about you know kindness and things like that because i just think the world needs more of that right now especially with everything that we're going through there's not enough of it (laughs) absolutely can i read you this quote here i don't want to know i might cry but can i read this is five star review that you have um for the church at i think it's on yelp Oh, gosh, I'm going to cry. This godsend of a ministry, we were referred to this church for their emergency food box program. After buying our homestead, we've been working hard to get back on budget. We were on our last legs as far as food when we found them. We talked to Miss Kim, who was so kind and accommodating. The office closes at 1 p.m., but she was willing to wait the couple of minutes after as we desperately sped over to make it on time. The church is located in a beautiful community, and the drive was very nice despite the purpose. Aside from a decent amount of food for my big family to hold us over, she gave us wipes, which had to be by God, being it was their last pack of wipes, and we had just ran out that morning. Why are you making me cry? I hope and pray one day they will truly know what a blessing they have been. Um, those Gilligans not only approve, we appreciate this ministry and plan on giving back as soon as we can. And I hope anybody who has found themselves in need will consider giving back when they find themselves in plenty. God bless and multiply this church and their outreach in Jesus' name. Amen. I didn't even know that existed. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. 
That's beautiful. I've smelled. <laughs> I was doing my research this morning. I think it's on Yelp or Google. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about. Like we just, these families, they find themselves in these situations and there's, they have no control over it. There's no control over it. So if we can just give them the boost they need and, and give them just a little bit of hope. I mean, I think that's the bottom line. Just keep giving them hope. And, you know, the families, we've become friends with them. There's been families that, that you know, I now go to their homes sometimes. Like it's nice. You, you build these relationships with them. Well, you went out of your way to get them wipes. I mean, imagine having a baby and you can't, you don't have wipes for, you know, to <laughs> clean and it's all, you know. I mean, the church does a lot, but there's been times when I've I've gone and done it out of my own pocket just because I know that somebody needs something and we don't have it. So mm -hmm. I'll run and I'll, I'll just grab, you know, there was um, another family. They didn't have, um, they didn't have, oh, their water. They had an issue with their water. They didn't have water in the house. There was a problem going on with the house or whatever. Um, so they didn't have that. They ran out of wipes. I ran to the store. I said, give me your address. I'll be there in, in, you know, an hour. I stopped everything I was doing. I went and I got water and, and everything. They had babies in the household. They needed these things. They couldn't go without water for a day, mm -hmm. even in a house. And, you know, just recently, I helped a family. We have um, some people donated a couple of gift cards. The family um, found themselves in need. So I went shopping. I took those two two gift cards and went and got the things that they needed for the girls and the baby and, and just did these things so that they can, you know, have what they need because no, no child should have to go through that and no adult should have to go through that. You know, we're, we're, we come from a country full of money. Yeah. It's, it's a shame that there's people who, and, and the funny part about this program, it doesn't just take care of people who don't have any income. A lot of the families that we feed are two income families and they can't make ends meet. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the biggest thing. Like they, they're, they're working their butts off. They are trying as hard as they can and they still can't get milk on the table or buy themselves a dinner. Um, the new thing that we just came up with, we're going to do for, for um, Thanksgiving with the help of the rabbi as well, we're actually going to be going and purchasing a bunch of gift cards um, at local local places, um, hairdressers, delis, pizza places, um, just local stores. And and what'll happen is not only are we are we helping the mom and pop local stores that we have that need the help because of everything that happened with COVID. They're struggling to stay open. Um, so we'll be helping them, but we'll be giving these gift cards to these families, thinking about things like, well, if they can't afford food, they're not affording a haircut. If they can't afford food, they can't go treat themselves to a pizza one Friday night. Right. So we're, we're gonna get these gift cards and we're gonna hand them out. And this is that's the purpose behind it. It's to give them the opportunity to be able to not have to think about getting a haircut, just go do it. Here it is. Um, not cook tonight, even though we supply food, everybody needs a night off. You know, so why shouldn't they have the right to go buy pizza or go buy Chinese food or something one night? Go on a date night. Like these families are struggling. Why shouldn't they enjoy a date night? Have some time home alone, you know, not home alone, have somebody watch their children maybe, and then have some time. So that's the, that's the project we're working on um, doing for Monday mm -hmm. when our food pantry happens next Monday. So we're going to be handing out these gift cards to random people. So they don't know that they're going to be getting them and they don't know who they're going to be. And we still haven't really figured out the process of how we're deciding it just might be totally random. Maybe names are going in a hat. I'm not really sure. But we're going to give some of them the opportunity to go do the, these things without thinking 
about it for once. They shouldn't have to struggle for a haircut, you know, or slice a pizza. Nice. So when you do your pantry day, what time do you open and how, like, how, is it hours during the day that it's available? So the pantry itself is from 4 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. That um, we picked an eve- evening shift when we were working with Second Harvest. We picked an evening shift because a lot of our families are working. Right. Um, so that if we have it going till 6.30, they can come after work mm-hmm. and they can still get their food and not miss out. So that was one of the, the purposes behind changing and, and doing a later time period. We, um, we do come in as volunteers 39 o'clock in the morning so the volunteers start around nine and we go all day we're setting up tables we have stuff that's in the back room that we've been picking up over the last couple of weeks that we have to put on out on the tables and then the truck comes in the pallets have to be unloaded food has to be separated you have to unbox them and um and then we start up again 3 30 4 o'clock because at four o'clock we're bringing shopping carts out to everybody and we have a system where they go to the car, people just pop their trunks, we stick it in their trunk and they're, and they're on their way. And in the meantime, they're lining up so early, some of them, they're, some, of them uh, some of them are there for four hours just sitting and they really technically don't need to because everybody's gonna go home with the same amount of food, everybody's gonna get a chance, we're not gonna run out, we're, they're fine. Um, but they do it because they need that social. They need that. They need to get out of their houses. Some of them, um, there's some families that are picking up for multiple families. I have one lady who's disabled herself, but she's the best, um, in the best shape out of some of her neighbors. Mm-hmm. So she picks up for about seven households all at once. Wow. Um, because they can't do it. They can't drive. They can't get here. They They don't have the means to... So she has a big van and we fill it up so she can um, take care of seven families in that one area. That's outreach right there without even, you know, that's organically happening. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I mean, people are carpooling, people are doing what they can. You know, we have um, people who are nurses in the community. The nurses end up um, telling us, you know, yeah, I'm taking care of an elderly uh, and I know I, I'm in their house. I know they're not getting enough food. So, you know, can I pick some stuff up for you? And sometimes some of these people are on special diets and they're on special. So we try to accommodate even that sometimes, you know, it's not as easy because special diets is a little tricky. Yeah. I had um, a family who was living in a motel and the only thing that they can, we could give them were things that can go in a microwave. Mm. They didn't really have a refrigerator or a freezer mm. because they had the hotel, the motel size. Mm. So we had to get creative. What, what can we give this family that they can, they can stick in a microwave and, and make a meal. Mm. So we've done a lot of that as well. You know, there was one family and a separate family that was also living in a motel and, and uh, they needed more supplies. They needed clothes for the children. So we, we, a couple of us took a run over to the motel itself and dropped off what they needed. Nice. So there's a lot, a lot of variances, you know, so many different things happening, mm-hmm. but we're trying to fulfill as many needs as we can, you know, when, when, when they come up, which is why it's kind of nice to sit and talk with them mm-hmm. because there's things that they need that they don't necessarily say that they need. So I'm very in tune to conversations. So I'll be having a conversation and they may make a side comment like, you know, yeah, and I'm two months behind on my electric bill. They want to shut it off. And then they're going on talking about food. In my head, I'm making that mental note. They didn't get, they need to pay their electric bill. And then I see what I can do through the church to help them do that. Oh. You know, can't do it for everybody, can't always give as much as we wish we could, but we've been really, really blessed between the fundraising and just the donations themselves 
So it's it, the money is starting to come in and and still pay, be able to pay second harvest what we have to pay second harvest. Um, we're trying to apply for more grants. Hopefully that'll that'll be you know we have to wait because grants are specific. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you, so you can only get grants by certain needs. So that's something that we're working on. You know when they come along that they fit our description and it's something that we can use. Mm-hmm. We're applying for them as well. So are you getting a newsletter or how are you finding out about grants? Um, The county that we live in, Pike County, has a grant system. So I'm on their email list, but I've also spoken to the one woman um, to let her know what our needs are. So there's certain things they're on the lookout for so they know that if they come across it and that grant becomes available, they can now reach out to me because they know we're looking for certain things like like the truck for example was a perfect right 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 okay well if i if i can think of anything i'll let you know on that front as far as potential donors and sponsors so, yeah absolutely cool well is there yeah. anything else that you would like to say about your work or or anything else out of the the future of this program like do you what do you see in the future that it will sustain as it's going or do you think it'll grow do you what do you see in the future well i guess i I see it growing and um i guess in some on some levels that's amazing and on some levels not so much and and that would be if it's growing it also means there's a lot more people in need and that's a little bit sad to think about, but it. But in a, in the other side of it, it's growing, and the opportunity is there for us to continue to help them, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the more outlets we have, you know, at at some point in time, we want to add on to our garage for the church so that we can store more stuff so that we can continue to do what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, because the church itself is pretty small not a lot of storage. And um, when I when people call and say, I have furniture, I'm very specific on which things we can and cannot take. Mm-hmm. We can't take the big things, but we take a lot of dressers, mm-hmm. small kitchen tables, things that I know are gonna come and go because the families always need that type of stuff. Right. You know, so, um, but I, I, I see it growing and I see, our mission getting bigger, the things that we do, the, the, the things that we want to do. Um, I see it growing in a, in a great way that we can um, do more for them. So it's no longer just food, mm-hmm. you know, and we've already been showing some of that, but this is going to even more so, be even more so, I think. You know, the more the the more generous people are that that can give makes it that we can be more generous and give in more aspects and help their families in more th- in more ways. Right. So it's a very holistic outlook on on what you're yeah. trying to do, which is really yeah. Helpful. Because the needs are are great. The the needs are really great, and they they don't just need to eat. You know, if they're struggling to eat, they're struggling in many ways. Mm-hmm. So if we can fulfill some of those other aspects, then then we're hopefully giving the families a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. Because that would be the ultimate goal is to, to get them to a point where they can maybe get out of the position that they're in. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't want people not able to afford things forever. Right. You want to give You want to give them the hope that they don't always have to live like this. Um, you want to give them encouragement that they can find a job, um, that they do have talents, that they do have stuff to give. Give them that encouragement and and give them the opportunity. You know, if you have an opportunity, we had um, the Harvest Festival was the perfect example. One of one of our families is very crafty, so she's like, well. What about my crafts? I said, perfect. I said, you put a table out there and you can go sell sell your things and whatever money you make is yours. You know, and 
it's another way of making them feel accomplished because they're making the money themselves. They're finding ways. And, you know, if we can give the, them those avenues, you know, and, and then, you know, we do have a, a small, the church is small. The membership is an older congregation. We need to grow the church so that it can sustain. Right. And we can't get young families in here if we don't show them young things. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the, the morals and values in the world have changed. I mean, even, even when I talk to my own friends, you know, oh, I would love to go to church. I think about going to church. I want to go to church. But, you know, it's my only day with my family or it's my only day with my husband or I'm so tired. It's my only day to sleep in. You know, the, the morals and values have changed. The getting up on Sunday isn't, isn't as big of a deal. So that's why we started Facebook Live because you know what? They don't have to be here physically. Mm. If they're online, they're still getting, getting the message. Yeah, I think that's been a huge help for people, especially that are vulnerable to, to getting sick. It's, it's, yeah, people going through cancer, cancer, people, just elderly people, all sorts of ailments that they can't be here. And then we realized that the Facebook Live was reaching other states. So there's maybe older members that, that haven't been here in many, many years, but they found out that we do this and now they can actually be with the friends and family that they remember. Mm-hmm. the pastor that they remember. Mm-hmm. So now they're able to go online and and see him, which mm-hmm. they adore him. That's nice. That's really great. Your mom even got to do it for a little while. <laughs> we we logged her in. We tried. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, thank God she's doing remarkably well after falling and breaking her hip and you know, just thank God it happened the way that it did. And it wasn't like in the middle of the winter or that she had fallen and, you know, down a few steps. She was able to pull herself up. My mom is 86 years old. She fell and um, broke her hip. She pulled herself up, managed to get into her kitchen, called the ambulance, went to the, got things all neatened up and went to the <laughs> She had surgery a couple of days later, but she was in the hospital, and thank God she was in a hospital where they allowed one visitor for the whole time she was there. My my sister Darcy got to go, and you know, thank God some hospitals they don't even allow any visitors. But she went through her surgery, she went through rehab, and she's back in the Poconos and their beautiful house. And thank God, and she's a tough cookie. Yeah, she's a tough cookie. You know, the day the day that she fell that morning, she had called the office and, and said, you know, cause my husband's working on her porch. Mm-hmm. Um, so she said, you know, have Chris call me, you know, let me know when he can come by. And so he was going to come by that evening and she fell. And before she called the ambulance, she called the pastor and told him, and then Chris called her <laughs> and she says, he says, well, I'll be there in about an hour. And she goes, okay, I'll wait to call the ambulance. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> what do you mean wait to call the ambulance? What's happening? And that's when she said, I fell and I think I broke my hip. And he's like, don't wait on me. Go to call the ambulance. <laughs> so I called the house after he got off the phone to make sure she really called the ambulance. And I said, I said, um, do you need me to run over there? She's like, nope, they're, they already got here. They got here very quickly. So... Um, but she was, she's such a tough cookie. She was like, oh, I'm just going to wait for you to come and do the job and, and we'll talk it over. And I'm like, you just broke your hip. <laughs> no, don't worry about your house right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then, yeah, thank God it could have been so much worse. So, so <laughs> doing really well. Yeah. And, she's doing amazing. Yeah. So I'm glad that she told me about you and oh, thank um, you so much. I feel honored that that you asked to come talk to us about our program. And it's just, it's near and dear to my heart. Like I live and breathe this. You could ask my children. Yeah. This is all I do, all I talk about and I get them involved too. The, the kids work the food pantry. Mm-hmm. I encourage children to be part of it. You know, I, I encourage anybody. We've had special needs people come and help us. Yes. I, I don't turn people away. I, I want everybody to feel a part of it and 
even if they can't do as much, we find something. That's awesome. We always find a way to have them be a part of it. There's always small, small jobs that can be done, but those small jobs are bigger than they think. Sure. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. I took a lot of your time today. I know you're so busy and I'll let you get. No, that's okay. I'm, I feel honored. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. It's a pleasure and good luck on your next food pantry day and everything else. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. All right. Thank you. Bye. 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 What a privilege to talk to Kim Eigel today. Truly an unsung hero who's a superhero without even realizing it. Check the episode notes for contact information for Second Harvest and the church at Hemlock Farms. Please feel free to contact me, givingheartbeat at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to spotlight your giving, your nonprofit, your volunteering, your philanthropy. I'd love to hear from you. I am on Facebook and Instagram at Donna Lee Valente. I have Giving Heartbeat podcast merch and other cool stuff on Cosmic Daydreams, which is a brand on Amazon. And it's all very reasonably priced and um, uplifting sayings, including podcast merch that says Giving Heartbeat, which is pretty cool and fun. And I'm also releasing my book of poetry called Bits of Me, actually re-releasing. I have um, author's copies that I want to sell and uh, because they're not doing me any good sitting in my house in a box. So I want to sell them. And um, if they do well, then I might consider having them reprinted. But um, I'm working on that and hope to get that available very soon in time for holiday giving. So, um, and I just also wanted to say thank you again for listening. Love you. Peace out. Well, that's a wrap for this episode of Giving Heartbeat, where we make unsung heroes into everyday superheroes. Please be my hero and subscribe, download, rate, and review and tell all your friends. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Naomi Charney for my beautiful cover art. Thanks to Chris Hogan for his theme music, Pure Magic, and to audio engineer extraordinaire, Don Sternacker at Mixolydian Studios. Please take action today to support nonprofits that connect with your passion. Be the change you want to see in the world. Until next time, the beat goes on. This is Donna Valente. Peace out. Peace out.